Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Get worried, everybody. It is Wednesday. You're obligated to be worried. It's Worryometer Wednesday. And what a way to start the show. Adam Azer with Chris Towers and Heath Cummings. Chris, are you guys worried? How you feeling today? Nope. Not worried about anything. I mean, I've always got a just a general air of anxiety about me, but uh-huh. you know, no more than usual. Okay, okay, good. Well, uh, we uh, have Chris Sale, obviously, to talk about. Jose Ramirez is going to be on the Worryometer. I actually crowdsourced a little bit for the Worryometer day. I said, "Who are you worried about? Who do you want to hear about?" And uh, the people want to hear about Nick Castellanos is off to a terrible start. Manny Machado, who I, I didn't even realize wasn't really doing that much since the first week or so of the season. Uh, Eloy Jimenez batting just 231, so we're going to talk about those guys. We've got some wacky stats from yesterday. One of my favorite stats, the Tigers have won 12 games, and Shane Green has saved 11 of them. In fact, yesterday, the first game in the doubleheader that they won against the Red Sox, they swept the doubleheader. That was the only game all season the Tigers have won without Shane Green recording a save. All right, I think we should start with uh, Chris Sale, right? We, uh, we Every time he pitches, we start the Always. show with Chris Sale, right? Okay. Um, here's a tweet of the day from a Red Sox beat reporter, Ian Brown, at Ian M. Brown. Brown with an E at the end. Uh, this was Sale's third start this season, allowing six 100-plus mile-per-hour batted balls. He had one such outing all of last year, and it was his first playoff start of 2018. Thanks again to at Slangs on Sports for the speedy research. So, like last time out against the Yankees, we've got some good and some bad for Chris Sale, who struck out 10 Tigers in five innings with two earned runs on in two walks. Encouraged or discouraged right now with Chris Sale? Yeah. i think i'm relative to the top line numbers i thought this was a discouraging start uh because the top line numbers make it look like he pitched pretty well and i don't really think that he did but i'm not any more discouraged about him than i have been i moved him after the first start of the season down to i think sp9 I have not had reason to move him yet. I do not plan on moving him after this start. I He's not back yet. I don't know that this start was necessarily a step towards being back, other than he did set a season high for swinging strikes. He did set a season high for strikeouts. Those are positives. His command, it seems like, is still a bit of a problem um, because he is getting lit up when batters put a bat on the baseball. But I also feel slightly more confident that Chris Sale's not going to be a total disaster this season. So if I have to lean one direction, I would lean toward, towards encouraged and not discouraged. But it's it's really a, a, a bit of both. Well, Heath, you were pretty active in putting out offers for Chris Sale a few starts ago. Did any of them go through, first of all? And are you still— Nobody accepted my offers. I wish—I really wish that we had— Worked out a deal with you. Um, that was that was the one that got away. Yeah, <laughs> that was Gary Sanchez and and Max Fried. And Max, Max Fried. Max Fried's been better than Chris Sale. I would still do that deal. Gary so, Sanchez is coming back from the DL today. I would get Sale and who? Just Sale. No, no, I get Sale. Oh. You have Sale. I oh. get Sale. You get Gary Sanchez uh, and Max Fried. Okay, sorry. I have Gary Sanchez in several leagues, not in that league. Uh, okay, <laughs> Sale for Sanchez and Fried. No, I th- see. I, I'm encouraged by Sale. I, you know, I think getting better, and the velocity wasn't as good as it was against the Yankees when he was throwing 97, 98. But I still think if he's throwing 92 to 94, I still think that's plenty of velocity for him to succeed. And um, I'm, I don't know if you guys are, are finding this, but I am struggling a little bit with strikeouts in in categories in Roto. Uh, so, you know, even if he gives you like a high three ZRA this year, yeah, if he gives you worse than that, then we got a problem. But if, he, if he's a 370 RA guy, I'm just throwing that number out. I think all the strikeouts are going to be really helpful, and I do have faith that he's going to strike guys out. Yeah, he could be Robbie Ray. 
Yeah, he'll be better than Robbie Ray because I don't think he'll have a bad whip. He's not going to walk a ton of guys. Like he's Robbie Ray is is garbage. So what are you talking? Robbie Ray hasn't <laughs> had an ERA above four since 2016. What, that kid. What did he have last year? Three nine three. Okay, he's he's garbage. He'd never never pitches six innings. Okay, that's our Chris Sale discussion. Some things to promote. NFL draft coming up on Thursday. Heath, you're going to be on the podcast on Friday. Yeah. Okay, good. We're going to have a podcast, Fantasy Football Today, on Friday to talk about the first round, then another one on Monday to talk about the rest of the draft. But you can watch our draft coverage on CBS Sports HQ. It's free. It's always streaming. Download the CBS Sports app. Watch on your over-the-top device, your connected device. I watch on my Roku all the time. Uh, it's not just NFL draft. It's fantasy baseball. It's fantasy football. It's golf. It's basketball. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's baseball. It's everything you you grew up watching sports coverage like that. You know, um, it's throwback sports coverage. It's awesome. CBS Sports HQ. Check it out. And we have so many podcasts, and we're on Spotify, and we're on Stitcher, and we're all over the place. So please check out our podcast page, cbssports.com/podcasts. Uh, get a full list and ways to subscribe and follow us on Spotify. Would be very helpful for us. Some Tuesday standouts. It's not all about the worryometer, and we will talk about uh, the news and notes. Carlos Carrasco will have an MRI on his knee. Got some news on Carlos Martinez. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. So I'll just say Zach Wheeler. Tuesday standout: seven scoreless innings, eleven strikeouts against the Phillies. He also homered and doubled. And numbers still don't look great. Four eighty-five ERA, but nice to see no walks in this start. Um, talk to me about Zach Wheeler, guys. At, you know, last four months of the season, he was 10 and 3 with a 2.52 ERA, a .99 WHIP, just under a strikeout per inning. And last year, Wheeler had the third highest soft contact rate in baseball, behind Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. Uh, what do you think about him right now? He does not currently have the third highest soft contact rate. He has a pretty bad one right now, but I don't really. It's too early to really worry too much about that. I think he's a mid-3 ZRA guy, and I think he will continue to be that. He has actually thrown harder this year than we've ever seen him. He's got, I think, the hardest, the highest velocity on his fat, on his slider of any pitcher this year, including Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Um, I, I think he's good. I don't think he's... An ace, he weirdly doesn't get as many swinging strikes as you would expect for someone with his stuff, and especially with his strikeout rate, but I think he's pretty good. The, the zero walks was big, because he's really struggled with that uh, in a couple of starts this year, and that's the one thing that can just completely derail him. He's got a little bit of right-handed Robbie Ray in him when things go bad. This is Zach Wheeler we're talking about. So I have Zach Wheeler. You have Chris Sale. I say, you give me Chris Sale. I'll give you Zach Wheeler. What do you do? What do you click? Accept or reject? I'm keeping Chris Sale. Well, Heath and I went through his rankings yesterday. I think we both determined where the point is where we would not trade Chris Sale. Well, no, you did. I would trade all those guys for Chris Sale. Okay. But, like Luis Castillo, you would trade for Chris yes. Sale. Okay, so for me, it was right around number – it was number 24 – in Heath's Which is Tyler Glass now. starting pitcher rankings. I would not be able to give up Tyler Glass now for Chris Sale right now. That means you wouldn't be able to give up Jamison Tyone or Shane Bieber or Jose Barrios, Jose Barrios. or Luis Castillo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so big difference there in how you see Chris Sale, I mean, to me. Uh, and right. It's not that I think he's worse than them. I just... You're scared. Yeah. You all play scared. I'm, I'm paralyzed with Chris <laughs> Sale. I would rather not do anything with him. I, I understand. I understand. But the fact that the velocity has been better than it was in that start, I was in Arizona maybe, where he was sick. Oakland. Oakland? Okay. Y- yeah. But you, to be clear, you wouldn't take Luis Castillo for Chris Dale either. You're just going to do nothing. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, who stood out to you guys? Uh, for me, it was definitely Luke Weaver. Uh, another very good start for him. A lot of strikeouts. And if you look at his peripherals from that 2017 season or half season with the Cardinals, it this looks very much like the same pitcher he was then and not the pitcher he was in 2018. The walks are back down. The strikeouts are back up. He's got a 27% K percentage. In 2017, it was 28.6. He's got a 5% walk rate. 2017, it was 6.8. He's got a, 
really peripherals that make it look like his 3-3-3 ERA is a little bit unlucky. I don't know that that's necessarily true, but if he can continue to pitch with this type of control, while also it seems like, and I, I'm going to check the numbers on this before I actually say it, but Arizona has this thing where they don't really want pitchers throwing the ball in the strike zone very much. Mm-hmm. And when I talked about him earlier this, this year, I said he could be a little bit like Zach Greinke because if you have really good control and don't walk anybody, but you also don't throw that many strikes, that can be a pretty good combination. He's at 42% in the zone. He was 47% in 2017 when he had a 2.5 walk per nine. He's at 42% and walking two batters per nine. That's, that's very good. All right, this is Luke Weaver. He's 78% owned. And one problem if you pick up Luke Weaver is he sh- he's probably going to be at Colorado next week. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't pick him up. Just be aware of it. Um, Stallions or Weaver? Uh, I would put Weaver ahead of Trevor Richards behind Pablo Lopez and Caleb Smith. I think I have him just ahead of all the Stallions. No. I have him behind Trevor Richards and Caleb Smith ahead of Pablo Lopez. How about Trevor Williams or Luke Weaver? <sighs> I've got to move Trevor Williams up. Yeah, it's time, I just right? <laughs> don't believe he's good. Uh, it's been almost a year now. Uh, he's a quality start basically every time he takes the mound. I, yes, technically correct, but. He had a 428 Sierra in 2016, a 463 Sierra in 2017, 468 in 2018, and a 462 in 2019. I just, I'm sorry. Like, I, I will be, if I have to continue to be wrong about Trevor, uh, Trevor Williams, I will continue to be wrong, and I'll just have to live with that because it's consistent with the way I view the sport. You don't get any points for FIP, Chris. That's true. Or Sierra. You get points for runs Innings. allowed. And eventually, I have to, and I know you believe this and you agree with me 95%, and you're just focusing on the 5% to be a troll, (laughs) but I just don't think he's good. And the results are what they are, but we're not talking about what's happened. We're talking about what's likely to happen in the future. And what we've got with him is a well below average strikeout rate. Most of his career average-ish control. It's been much better this season, but I don't necessarily see a big reason to to think he's taken a big step forward. And he doesn't get a lot of ground balls. He doesn't really do any of the things that we want starting pitchers to do at a much better than average rate. And so... Trevor, like if Williams, I ha- if, Trevor Williams. If Trevor Williams is just going to buck all, major, or all trends in Major League Baseball for the rest of time and I'll look like an idiot. I'll live with that. He does get a lot of soft contact. And he consistently has done that for four years in a row. Sure, but... So what's your answer, Weaver or Williams? Weaver. Yeah, easily. Easily, okay. Uh, Chris, give me a standout, and then we'll do some news and notes. I mean, it has to be Pablo Lopez. Pablo Cito. I think he... It's a great nickname. I Apparently his nickname, in the Marlins clubhouse at least, is Wikipedia. Yeah, I call him Pablo. Martin Prado, because he's very smart, speaks four languages. Uh, I think, and I, I think I said this before the season, I think Pablo Lopez might just be the best of this group of Marlins pitchers. He has a 441 ERA right now. That's not great, but 281 FIP, uh, Sierra in the 345 range, above average strikeout rate. He's shown the ability to be a good control pitcher in the minors, and that's what he's doing right now, and he gets ground balls. I, He does everything that I want from a starting pitcher, and I think he might have three plus-ish pitches. I think he's really good. I, I the, My only concern with him, and I had left him outside of my top 50 because the results had been bad for the most part before this start. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it seemed like was happening was he got to the – fifth inning and things just went haywire and I it kind of looked like a lot of that was bad luck if you looked at the peripherals it looked like it was bad luck but it also could have just been that he didn't have enough to get through uh five or six innings this was an encouraging start I'd like to see him get through the sixth again in a start but no he's very encouraging and I could I I think it's a three-horse race for the best stallion 
Yeah, and Pablo Lopez is only 32% owned, so, you know, you might not be able to pick up Luke Weaver. But you can pick up Pablo Lopez in most leagues. I would also just caution that he pitched against Cleveland last night, and even with Francisco Lindor right now, they have a terrible lineup. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good stuff and good, good ratios, but this was Lopez's first start of more than five and a third. He'll be at Philadelphia, I believe, this weekend to finish up his two-start week. Uh, those are some standouts for you. We talked about Zach Wheeler, Luke Weaver, uh, Trevor Williams, and the Stallions, and Pablo Lopez is one of the Stallions. Here's your fun fact of the day. Follow up from an email from yesterday. Remember Robert in Fullerton, California, his email about how only the Yankees should wear pinstripes was a beautiful, brilliant email. And he just, he told me this morning or last night it was why the Mets wear pinstripes. Would you believe it? The Mets wear pinstripes to pay homage basically to the Yankees. They have elements. I mean, that's, what? That's kind of like, you're, you're kind of leaving out the rest of the story. What's the rest of the story? They have pinstripes. Their the whole Yankees. uniform pays, their whole, I was, I was getting there. Pays I, homage to the history of New York. Baseball. I wasn't leaving they it out. Orange for the Giants. You, you interrupted me. Orange for the Giants, blue for the Dodgers. And we got another email. I don't know if you saw it, but the Cubs were the first team to wear pinstripes. I saw it. I deleted it. So get out of here, Yankees. I deleted it. Get out of here. Immediately. All right. News and notes. Carlos, no likes you. Carlos, correct. Me or Chris? The Yankees. You. Oh, all right. Carlos Carrasso left with a knee injury. Blake's, uh, we have it an MRI. They, they don't think it's serious, but we'll see. This is the last thing they could not afford to lose. <laughs> Carlos Carrasco. Um, Blake Snell's going to start today. He's coming off the DL. He's going to face the Royals. Matt Kemp is on the injured list, and he had started seven straight games for the Reds. So. He's been awful. Uh, I don't know. Good news for I, who? I, Nick he's a Red. <laughs> I would prefer. That he not start anymore. Well, he's not going to start now. He's on the IL with a broken rib. Uh, it's Matt Kemp. Toronto minor leaguer okay. Bo Bichette. You know, he well, doesn't be healthy. Well, you guys be quiet. Bo Bichette broke his hand. <laughs> so there's that. And Jesus Lazardo threw from 75 feet. Should we be stashing Jesus Lazardo? You can talk now. I am stashing Jesus Lazardo in three different leagues, and yes, I think you should. I think he could be a top 25 starting pitcher for the portion of the year that he gets to pitch this season. And given he's probably not going to be back for another month, I would guess, in the majors, he's not going to have any inning concerns once he gets up there because that'll be right around the end of May. That's four months left in the season. There's no reason he shouldn't be able to just go full tilt for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. A's starting pitcher, Jesus Lazardo. You say Kikuchi, you do not want to start him on Friday. He's going to make one of his short starts, and then Justice Sheffield is going to be piggybacking, Sheffield being called up for that. Uh, I don't think you have to pick him up or anything, but that's why he's being called up. Clint Frazier sat with an ankle injury. Uh, Carlos Martinez, when he comes back, will be a relief pitcher. Jordan Hicks did give up a home run yesterday, but got a save and has been pretty good this year. So do you think Carlos Martinez can be the closer, or should we just give up on on Carmart? I would hang on to him for another week or so, and I've got him in a bunch of leagues. Um, if Jordan Hicks struggles over the next week or so, then, yeah, Carlos Martinez could be worth stashing. But I think in all likelihood you're probably just going to drop him because it would require Jordan Hicks losing the job, I think. I'm only hanging on to him in categories. League. Okay, that's Carlos Martinez. Uh, meanwhile, Harrison Bader is back for the Cardinals, and Tyler O'Neill is on a rehab assignment. And I'm interested to see what happens because uh, Jose Martinez has not stopped hitting since getting regular playing time. Uh, Daniel Murphy was not activated from the IL, but, you know, that's coming up. Brandon Nimmo left with a left oblique twinge. He says he could play today. Addison Russell can return for the Cubs on May 3rd. I don't know who he would replace or if he's going to play, but he's eligible to return Addison Russell on May 3rd. He could replace Ben Zobrist, who has 70 plate appearances and zero extra base hits this year. That's amazing. Uh, Javier, wow. Javier Baez hit the L2 button and juked David Freeze. It was great. It was great, right? It was great. It was, it should have been an out. Why? He, you thought so? You gotta stay in the base paths. Yeah, he went out of the base paths. Did he? I think, I think he was good. I think he was good. Yeah. I mean, you're allowed three feet, but he, he went out. Come on. I don't know. Watch it again. I think you're wrong. Should have been an out. Uh, just a weird note on Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt, we haven't talked about him. He's 35% owned. He has a 902 OPS versus righties. And obviously, he's always going to be better against righties than lefties. But the Giants have faced, by far, they've had the most at-bats against lefties this year. So 
in that sense, Belt has been unlucky. I think he's actually a pretty good player in points leagues and uh, might be able to help you at first base. So take a look at Brandon Belt. I, I would imagine he'll – the Giants are going to get a lot of at-bats against lefties. It happens to all the NL West teams now, two straight years, seven, 2017 and 18. But not this many. He's had basically as many at-bats against lefties as righties. Uh, Joey Gallo's hitting 300. Mm. My eyes popped out of my head when I saw that. 371 Babip. <laughs> and, um, well, yeah, but do you think maybe he could be a 240 hitter this year? Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, based on what he's doing right now, his batted ball profile, he probably should be hitting, you know, close to 280. There's not that much luck involved in this. I don't think that'll continue, but he is hitting fewer fly balls. And for most players, that's a bad thing. But in his case, he has such absurd raw power that sacrificing a few fly balls for batted balls that might be able to turn into hits isn't a bad thing. And he actually, for baseball savant, he has a 316 expected bat- batting average. So actually, he's been unlucky. Oh, how about that? Joey Gallo <laughs> hitting 300. Jesus Aguilar has sat two straight games and three of the last five with Eric Thames and Yasmani Grandal even last night playing first base. So if this continues, then yeah, you you can drop Aguilar. I think we want to preach a little patience there. Adalberto Montesi scored from second base on a wild pitch. He's so fast. And Malik Smith has been struggling this year. Um, he's batting lower in the order. He's batting eighth or ninth. He does have eight steals, but he, he homered yesterday, sort of. He basically took Austin Hedges' fly ball, hit it with his glove, and knocked it over the center field wall and gave Austin Hedges a home run. So thank you, Malik Smith. For nothing. A uh, quick break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, we got some hey real quick from me. Hey real quick from the listeners at fantasy baseball at cbsi.com and warriorometer Wednesday will begin. We'll be right back. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, real quick, fellas. Here we go. Paul DeYoung or Corey Seager? Corey Seager. This is one that I have uh, struggled with because they are back-to-back now in my rankings. And I want to continue moving DeYoung up, and I think I've just reached the point to where I can't. I do still have Seager ranked higher. DeYoung's going to cool off a lot, probably considerably. I still think that there's a decent chance he's going to be a 300 hitter this year. He hit 285 as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He had a really bad BABIP season last year. Well, hold on. We can't like we can't just say that 2017 he hit 285, right? And then right off last year as a bad BABIP season, he had a much better BABIP season in 2017 relative to league average right. than he had a bad one in 2018. He has having a good one now, right? But we don't have enough plate appearances to say what his true talent level is there. Okay, so what do you think it is? You I think he's know? probably like a 260 hitter. Yeah, I think he's going to be. I mean, he's not going to be a 260 hitter this year. He'd have to hit like. 240 the rest of the year. Like he did last year? Like he did last yeah, year. he got really unlucky. <laughs> Just uh, Paul DeYoung is awesome. He's, it's very, very close. I don't know why Chris is poo-pooing him. I think he's good. I just don't think he's a, a, a high average hitter. I think he's a guy who will hit for power with a not terrible average, but he's not going to get on base a lot. He's definitely not going to keep scoring runs at this pace. No, he's not going to keep scoring runs at this pace. He's on pace for 148 runs. Right. He's I do pro- think he's probably going to score 100 runs this year. Right, but that's... And he's that's, probably going to drive in more runs. He only needs 80 more runs to get to 100, so it, it's more about what he's likely to do in the next 100 and... I, I would guess he's going games. to have more runs plus RBI than Corey Seager. Yeah, I don't know. Well, From this point. The other element here is that Seager's not really ha- having such a hot start. Only two home runs, 276 batting average. Yep. So let's let's get it going. All right. Hey, real quick. Cubs rotation. 
Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana, three straight starts of seven innings and good good results. Let's put it that way. Uh, Jose Quintana or you, Darvish? Hey, real quick. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have you, Darvish, ranked higher. I was thinking Chris would just say something that time, and he he didn't. Um, he just giggled. I I don't think I, we have any reason to have a great a bit of certainty on either of these starting pitchers. The ceiling is still higher for you, Darvish. Quintana has been fantastic his last three, though. I mean, he's just been flat out better in the five appearances that both have made. You, Darvish, has just been actively not good. So it's it's more of a question for me. Like if Jose Quintana pitches the way he did last year, and you Darvish doesn't improve, Quintana's going to be better. So it's a question of how much more you think you Darvish is going to improve, how much he can fix these issues. And I'm uncertain about that. I think I might go Quintana. Okay, Quintana. Uh, ESPN had an article on him today. A lot of it was like. He's better mentally. He's using his fielders more. You know, he's in a better place. But some of it was also he's throwing his changeup more, uh, which is probably something we care more about. Uh, finally, hey, real quick, former Yankee versus current Yankee, Sonny Gray or Domingo Herman? Domingo Herman. Yes, please. I, I think I'll go. I think both are good. I think I'll go. I think I'll go Armand just mostly because of the team around him. He's going to win more games than Sonny Gray, but I think they're going to be pretty... Does he currently have more talent to run in the No, he absolutely does not, no. Talent? No, not a... The the Yankees Uh, have some of the... (laughs) The current Yankees lineup has performed significantly better than the Reds. Whether whether they will moving forward, I think I'll still take the Yankees. The current Yankees lineup has only not had Aaron Judge for like... Four games or something, or whatever it is. Not even. Mm-hmm. So, at two games, I think. Uh, three. Right, but like Luke Voigt has performed better than anyone in the Reds lineup. That's true. I mean, he's a Yankee man. I think it's true. All right, so so wait, we're taking Armand here over Gray? Oh, Eugenio Suarez has been better. I'll Come take Armand. Okay. Yeah, Gray's 79% owned. I mean, Armand is 93% owned. He's got a two-start week. He's Yeah, he's off to a really nice start. Um, doesn't pitch super deep into games, but he did go six and two thirds yesterday. Was his first start with more than eighty nine pitches thrown. They're a little cautious with him. Gray, though, I mean, yeah, I tweeted last night. Move over, Greg Bird. Sonny Gray is my worst call, and that was before he gave up three, four runs, three earned. He was absolutely cruising against Atlanta, but he's really getting it's a lot of strikeouts. That you can acknowledge how wrong you were about him and jinx him in the same. Yeah. That's, that's really you're talented. Yeah, but, it, it's uh, it's pretty clear that the Yankees' approach to pitching just didn't work for him. He's succeeding with his slider because of what he said after was it after his first start or was it in spring training? No, it was when spring he talked tra- about training. The Yankees wanted him to throw sliders for strikes the way Masahiro Tanaka does, and he's just not that kind of pitcher. He's throwing it for swings and misses now, and it's it's working. He looks. Like the guy he used to be in Oakland. Okay, hey, real quick from the listeners now. Listener-generated content. This is from Will. Is Pete Alonzo this year's Ronald Acuna? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm not sure what the question means, but I don't think he'll be as good as Acuna was last year. All right, is from he the rookie of the year. From probably from AB. Then he could be in that way. From AB, drop one. Voigt, Vogelbach, or Cano. Voight. Really? I think I would drop Vogelbach, but I would rather not drop any of them. From Dan, Muncy, Murphy, Diaz, or McMahon, rest of season at first base slash corner infield. Muncy, Murphy, Diaz, McMahon. Muncy. Murphy. Muncy over Murphy. How are you going to say that? You didn't draft Muncy over Murphy. Um, I think I I might have, and Murphy's already gotten hurt. He's coming back today. Yeah, now he's healthy. He's, he's not healthy. He's M- still on the IL. Muncy, he's coming back today. He's probably he's coming, coming back yesterday. He's probably he knows when he's coming back. <laughs> Muncy's been sitting a little bit though. He's not Murphy's playing been every sitting day. A lot. 
It's been working. There is no way, Heath, that you drafted Muncie over Murphy. Nobody drafted. They were like yeah, five rounds apart. I think you, yeah. Murphy was going like 60th overall, and I don't think you were that low on him. And Muncie was going around 100th. I don't think you were much higher than that on him. I don't know. <laughs> He's just a liar. We're amateur Wednesday. What do you mean a liar? <laughs> <laughs> I was not saying I, I was not part of the Daniel Murphy's going to hit 370 club. I apologize. Nobody said he's going to hit 370. I think that was maybe your bold prediction. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> well, you said still it. Still might. Okay, well, worryometer Wednesday. Here we go. Uh, it's time to it's time to get concerned. Zero to ten. Zero is not concerned at all. No problems. Ten is yeah, really concerned. This guy is going to be pretty bad. Andrew Benintendi. Who actually has a decent slash line, 295, 367, 449, but not exactly taking that step up with a 169 ISO this year. Uh, I think that was entering yesterday's games. Um, Andrew Benintendi, worryometer, 0 to 10. I, I didn't expect him to hit for power. He's probably not going to hit for power. So, one? Yeah, Zero? he's hitting 295. Like, he's probably going to be. 300 2020 again. No, I don't have any concerns. Is he going to be 2020? Not... Yeah, I, th- I think he probably will be. Okay. I... But, I mean, he's not he's not taking the next step. You're right about that, but it's not a worry thing. It's just a, I'm a little disappointed that he hasn't been awesome. Okay. Worryometer 0 to 10 on Jose Ramirez. <sighs> I still don't quite understand what's going wrong with him so i probably am still like a one or a two i think i might be more like a three or a four just like i he's not going to hit 157 he's going to have a a very good stretch of better batted ball luck but he did kind of sell out for power last year, which hurt his BABIP, which hurt his batting average. And now he's not getting the power either. So it's a little bit concerning. Thankfully, he's still stealing. But the lineup also hasn't is pretty bad. A three. Yeah, a lot of the batted ball data looks very similar to last yeah. year. The biggest difference is he's not pulling the ball as much, but... In terms of hard hit rate, in terms of average exit velocity, he looks like largely the same guy. And I think he's probably just a few tweaks away from getting back to being an elite player. All right, this is Jose Ramirez. He's played 22 games this year. The final 38 games of last year were also terrible, 577 OPS. So that's 60 games now where he's batting about 160 with three home runs. That's uh, that's alarming. But, yeah, I still... I. Still have complete faith in him. I think uh, we, we more or less do. Joey Votto on the worryometer. Career low walk rate, career high strikeout rate, not even close. Uh, so worryometer on Joey Votto, 0 to 10. Five, maybe five and a half. I'm, I'm much more worried if the idea is Joey Votto is going to bounce back to what he was before last year. I'm not particularly worried that he can repeat what he did last year, but he has, like, the strikeout rate is absurd compared to where he normally is. He's like a 27%. The walk rate's still good. I mean, it's down, but it's still good. I, I'm i relatively concerned that he's just not usable in a, in a categories league where you don't use a corner infielder. Okay. Yeah, I'm a two or a three. And... So the thing about Votto, you know, you can make a case either way. But for Votto, I, I said this last time we talked about him. We were having this conversation about Matt Carpenter last year. He was coming off a down year. He got off to a slow start, and he obviously turned it around. Uh, I think also you can look at Edwin Encarnacion. I think it was two years ago. He starts off the season mm-hmm. with a ton of strikeouts, you know, and I, maybe Paul Goldschmidt too. And then, you know, the last five months or so for Encarnacion, I, I do believe it was 2017, the strikeouts normalized. You know, he, he was back to his plate discipline that we usually see, and he, and he was really good again. So it is a, it's too early to give up on Votto. I do think Chris is maybe a, a little under-concerned on Votto, given how bad his year was last year, at least the way I see it. I think that's probably we disagree on how bad it was. Um, well, no, I, I think there was some bad luck last year. 
I think he's been really bad this year, but he had a stretch. I'm looking at his 20-game rolling averages. He had a pretty long stretch in 2016 where he struck out 30% of the time. He's He also, during that stretch, was walking about 9 to 10% of the time. This is not unheard of for him. Now, his his skills have likely declined since 2016, but I don't know. I... I think he's going to be okay. All right. How about Nick Castellanos? I got an interesting stat about Nick Castellanos. You know, this guy was a top 16 outfielder last year. And now he's batting 244 with no home runs. Does have eight doubles and a triple. He's having a really bad year. Zero to ten on Nick Castellanos. He looks pretty upset about it in his uh, picture. Well, he looks like he doesn't want me talking about it. Like, yo, Azer. What up? I think there's been a little bit of bad luck here. Um, his profile doesn't look that different than it normally does. He's still hitting the ball really hard. Uh, still, fly ball rate's actually up. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not too worried. He is striking out considerably more than he did last year. I think it's like 30%, 29%, 28.2% to be exact. Uh, here's the, um, here's the thing I I want to say that's encouraging about Castellanos. In his career, he's really been very good against lefties. That's kind of where he's made his hay. He has a career 8.44 OPS against lefties, 7.61 against righties. Going into yesterday, I know it's higher now because he faced Chris Sale. He was one for eight against lefties. So that it's just a team that has not faced a lot of southpaws, and maybe when they there are, do face more, uh, he, they, there they have are the not fewest a lot of bats. southpaws in that division now. Uh, they have the fewest runs. Let me see. Do they have the fewest at bats? The Tigers have the second fewest at bats against lefties. The Twins do have the fewest, so that might hurt Castellanos. Maybe they're just playing in a division where you don't get a lot. But then again, Cleveland's fifteenth. I won't go through it all. Um, he'll face more lefties than he is now, but sure. Uh, all right, zero to ten, Heath on Castellanos. Three. Okay. He's not that exciting of a player, but maybe you buy low on him in a deeper league because in a five outfielder league, Castellanos probably should be a guy you never take out of your lineup. He can be really steady. Uh, let's take yeah. a quick break here. When we come back, we got more on the Worryometer. What else we got? Bullpen stuff as Emilio Pagan has gotten a save in two straight days for the Rays. What does it mean? Double dongs yesterday from Voigt, Bogarts, uh, Travis Shaw, and Framil Reyes. And um, we'll also talk about Matt Boyd if we have a chance. So we'll come right back here on Fantasy Baseball today. Stick around. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back to the Worryometer. Manny Machado batting 241 with four home runs. And uh-oh, he is he has a 314 slugging percentage at home. You know people were worried about him leaving Camden Yards. He wasn't as good with the Dodgers as he was with the Orioles. Zero to ten on the Machado Worryometer. And he is someone who has had pretty substantial home road splits over his time in Boston as well. He was more like a Baltimore. Baltimore, yes. He was more like a high 700s OPS guy on the road. And his batted ball profile is a little concerning. He's 0 to 10 on the worryometer. 8 5 8 this okay, this is significant here. Are you dropping Machado in your rankings? Do you no longer consider him to be a stud? That's, this is worrisome. I have dropped him a couple of spots. I mean, he plays shortstop and third base are probably the two best offensive positions now. And so it's you can drop him and he can still be a borderline stud. But I don't know if it's unfair to say that Manny Machado has never really been an elite hitter outside of Camden Yards. No, it's it's totally accurate, I'd say. So would you take Carlos Correa or Javier Baez or, you know, Mondesi over Machado? I think you consider it. I'm not sure I'd do it 100%, but it's not out of the question. I am currently thinking I would take... Um, 
I, I have Machado sixth at shortstop right now in Roto. Okay, well, you know what? I, I'm not seeing that in your updated rankings, Heath. Is that just, You're not? Just, just a clear, I have to probably clear my cache. I'll do that later. Clear your cache. Okay. Uh, Yasiel Puig, 0 to 10 on the worryometer. This is one that the, a lot of the listeners were asking for. He did hit a home run in driving three yesterday, but he's batting 183 with three home runs. Um, and two walks to 20 strikeouts for Puig, a 552 OPS, 0 to 10 worryometer. Maybe the Reds have just faced really good pitching. I, I don't think that. I don't think so. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to be a little bit worried. He's not this bad, but yeah, I'll I'll put him at a six or seven. I was expecting a really big season for Yasiel Puig, and there are some signs for positivity, but not a ton. Seven. So remember, we kept talking about that group of outfielders: Puig, David Dahl, Michael Conforto. I always forget the other ones, but but Mitch Haniger was going there. Eddie Rosario was going in that range. Michael well, Brantley was in that range. Yeah, Brantley was even later than that. Is Puig behind everyone now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only question for me would be Dahl. I have Dahl. Actually, I take that back. I have Dahl one spot behind him currently, but all those other guys, for the most part, have moved up several spots. Um, He's behind Marcelo Zuna. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's behind Michael Brantley for sure. He's behind Conforto, who's a top 20 outfielder for me now. He's behind Hanniger for sure. I've got him behind Domingo Santana. Okay. So, oh. Well, that's interesting. I, let me just I say something. Let me say something about Puig here. Uh, he's played like twenty-two games, uh, twenty games, uh, five fifty-two OPS. First twenty-eight games of last season, Yasiel Puig had a five hundred OPS. So this stuff does happen. He batted two hundred with zero home runs uh, last year. The plate discipline was better: seven walks to twenty-two strikeouts compared to two walks to twenty strikeouts. But these things happen. Last ninety-seven games for him last season. He had a 925 OPS. Um, all right. Yeah, uh, we, it seems like his swing's a little off. So he's due for a hot streak. I don't know. Just it's I, this is exactly what he did last year. So just just something to keep in mind. Uh, all right, we got to go quicker here. Eloy Jimenez, zero to ten. Actually, I'm forget about the worryometer. I'm going to the dropometer for Eloy Jimenez. Zero to ten on the dropometer. Zero. One. All right, then let's go back to the worryometer. <laughs> zero to ten for Jimenez. <laughs> Seven. Four, I'm. Most of my worry has to do with, um, are the White Sox going to send him down for a couple of weeks to get his head right? But there's yeah, he nothing, looks overmatched. Right there's now. nothing encouraging. Terrible hard contact rate. Five walks, twenty five strikeouts, three homers, two doubles in twenty games. I mean, there's nothing that you can. Ah, he's been unlucky. Like he's just been bad. Yeah, he. But he's also. 21, 22 years old. It's his first taste of the majors. This happens sometimes. Sometimes guys are overmatched early on, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he will be moving forward. He hasn't been good. There is, like you said, nothing really uh, that should make you optimistic at this point, except for the elite track record of production in the minors and his pedigree as one of the best prospects of the last five years. And I... Like, I don't know that this is true, but somebody had uh, sent me a message talking about his performance um, at the start of the season in the minor leagues, and mostly it looked like he'd not been great in April. He'd not played in a lot of places. Like, he's been in Winston-Salem, Birmingham, Myrtle Beach. I'm not sure if he's played a lot of places that are like Chicago in April. Yeah. So he may just need it to warm up a little bit. All right, that's Eloy Jimenez. And finally, Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola's got a 684 ERA and 12 walks and 25 innings, which is surprising. Worryometer on Aaron Nola. One. Two. Okay, by low. Let's go to the bullpen. In the bullpen, Shane Green, I keep mentioning him. It, you know, well, keep mentioning him. I mentioned him once at the top of the show. He has 11 saves. Detroit has 12 wins. So right there, that rate is obviously not going to keep up, and the Tigers aren't going to be good, and, you know, I don't think. But he's having a really strong year. Two years ago, he was great. Last year, he was terrible. 
What do you think about Shane Green? Is he someone that people should be trying to sell, or is he a legit starting closer? Or both? I wouldn't recommend anyone buy, but if there is someone in your league who wants to buy, yeah, make an offer. Um, He's decent. I don't really think he's very good. So much so that in all my leagues that are deeper than 12 teams, I drafted Joe Jimenez, thinking Jimenez would eventually be the closer because Shane Green was going to fall <laughs> on his face. Um, he's done a good job so far. He's been very good. Um, but yes, I would absolutely be looking to sell. You want me to read you the text message uh, conversation I had with Scott White yesterday trying to convince him we need to pick up Sergio Romo in the 16-team categories league? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to drop anyone for Sergio Romp? Romo. <laughs> and then he wrote, <laughs> yeah. He wrote, who would you drop? Ahmed Rosario or Matt Barnes or Scope? Probably Scope. I mean, I don't really want to. I'm going to try to use a different voice for Scott. I mean, I don't really want to. That doesn't sound like Scott. I just need a different voice. Closers don't grow on trees. Let's see if he's pitching now in the bottom of the ninth. We have two guys at second base that we like better than Scope. We're never playing him. And Romo takes the mound. I mean, his numbers so far look like they did two years ago. We'd play that if it continues, talking about scope. Plus, Romo is liable to hurt our ratios. Me about scope. He's had two games with two home runs and has been terrible otherwise. He never walks and is a possible one-category guy. Fine, pick someone else. Barnes, Rosario? I think I'd be more willing to drop Rosario if you feel like we have to. We punt steals anyway, so I don't know what Rosario is going to do for it. This, this segment didn't. This hasn't worked as well as I thought. I dropped anyway. Uh, long story short, we dropped Rosario for Romo. He's the closer for the Marlins. Emilio Pagan uh, also has two saves now for the Rays. Who would you rather have, Rosario or Romo? Or uh, P- Sorry, Pagan or Romo? Romo. Romo. I don't think the Pagan thing is anything. You know they, what? Had, they had a three-run lead in the ninth inning in both. They're not worried about the Royals, uh, <laughs> especially because I don't think in either scenario, Merrifield or Mondesi was up, and I kind of think those are the only two guys you might really be worried about. So I think that that was just circumstance. I think Pagan might get eight saves this year. Um, this going into the year was one of the situations that it looked like it could get the messiest right there with Philadelphia. And we were a little bit lucky. I feel like early in the year that it was kind of predictable. Um, so I, I think he's fine in AL only. I think he's fine in a deeper league where you really are desperate for saves. I, I, I do think he'll give you pretty decent ratios. If Chris and I were trying to decide whether to pick him up in that same for the people league, the text message would have looked like, "Hey, I just dropped so and so for right. Pagan." Okay. Scott, Scott never. Scott gives me pretty much no free reign. I just want you to know he's a oh, vicious. Oh, of course not. No, he's, he's way ruler. too tightly wound for that. And um, I also think you should know that Scott does have some hope for Jonathan Scope. Oh, nice rhyme there. He thinks that the uh, the injury he, ha- he was dealing with last year he hasn't he hasn't looked good. Didn't you hear my comments on him? My commentary. He's had like three good games all year, but his full over- season statistics are more predictive than partial. Season yeah, statistics. but I think he homered twice against Baltimore, and that really shouldn't count. A quick round of emails at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. This is from Jeremy with a Game of Thrones themed greeting. Dear Scott Whitewalker, Adam Azer, a high, uh, Heath Winter is Cummings, and Chris Towers of Joy. Luis Castillo yeah. has been dragon fire so far this year. Is Luis Castillo now a stud, or would you move him without hesitation for an ace like Sale and Nola and Kluber and Strasburg and Kershaw? Uh, I would trade him for Kluber and probably Nola. I think that's it from that group. I would not move him without hesitation for most of those guys, but I do think I would trade him for all of those guys. He has also been dragon fire so far this year, and he may just be a stud. I've got him right on the precipice of that group of starting pitchers. But let's also be real and remember, we've seen five incredible starts from Luis Castillo numerous times before. So I'm not ready to say, like, if I can go get one of those guys, I'm going to do it. Next email is from yeah. Bill in Minnesota here. He wants to know about Jesse Winker. He's frustrated because Winker got pinch hit for yesterday for Phil Irvin because a lefty was up, and or a lefty was pitching. And, uh, yeah, Bill is concerned that uh, Winker's just not going to play against lefties. And, by the way, in his last eight games, he's four for 20 
And uh, Winker has started two of four games against lefties. Winker is 69% owned. Last week or the week before, we were saying, you have to add this guy. You know, do we still feel that way? You have to add this guy. I still feel that way. He's had some really bad luck this year. I don't really see, like, he's not walking. And nobody on the Reds really is. I'm not sure what's going on there. But the batted ball profile suggests that he should be much better than this. I think he's getting pulled for lefties or sat for lefties because he's not hitting, like getting the results right now. But I think most of the profile still suggests that he can be the very good hitter we were hoping he could, he would be. This is an email from Christopher. Dear Will, Emmett, and Anna Nicole. Smiths. Do we need to start taking Dwight Smith seriously? Uh, Smith is Orioles outfielder. Um, wait, that's not from Christopher. That's from Dan. No, this is from Christopher. Uh, Smith is a 53% owned Orioles outfielder who is batting 287 with five homers and three steals, and he has three home runs in his last seven games. Do we need to take Dwight Smith seriously? He should be owned in all five outfielder leagues. I don't know that he's really going to be worthwhile in a three outfielder points league. This is an email from Dan. Here's one from Dan. Um, can we get a little chatter about Renato Nunez? Who is this guy, and is he worth picking up? Two Orioles emails in a row. How about that? Neither of these guys has a ton of pedigree. Renato Nunez's bad at ball data is actually really good. So 92.6% or mile per hour exit velocity, 49% hard hit rate. If you want to buy in, the cost is low enough. He, he might be worth a flyer. He's only third base eligible? That I'm not sure of. He is. That makes it tougher. Uh, Baltimore, 9-16. and 16, Better than I thought they'd be. And Boston, 9-15. and 15, Slightly worse than I thought they'd be. This is from Ken. Do you think Chase Anderson can stay in the Brewers' rotation? I think there's a very good chance. Um, we talked about this on Monday when it was just Scott and I. And like the Brewers have tried really hard to do the thing that all of us wanted them to do and give all these young pitchers a chance to be in the rotation. And they've just all been bad. And it's about time to go back to the boring old guys that we don't like and complain about. <laughs> and last email is from Jimmy in Chicago. Dear Wardog, Devins, Ron, and Kelly. Oh, that's easy, right? Yes, that is easy. <laughs> I know that one for sure. Someone dropped you Darvish. But I'm going to let Adam say it. Yeah, we'll let Adam Google. Someone dropped you Darvish in my 12 by 12, 12 team 5 by 5 Roto League. Should I drop any of the following for Darvish? Dallas Keuchel, Cole Hamels, John Gray. Keuchel. Yeah, I'm fine with dropping Keuchel on that. But so, Oh, this is Survivor. Survivor. War Dog, Devin, yes. Ron, and Kelly. CBS. Yep. Hooray for There's CBS. Scott on there. Deep Leagues. Oh, yes. Love Scott. Uh, do you like any of these guys in Deep Leagues? Angels outfielder Brian Goodwin. He's 21% owned. Texas second baseman Danny Santana, who's filling in for Rudin Edador, but he's been very good. Um, 9% owned. Uh, Yankees first baseman Mike Ford. Toronto DH Rowdy Telez, only 5% owned. And Cardinals starting pitcher Daniel Ponce de Leon, who made a spot start yesterday. He's 4% owned. Do you like Goodwin, Santana, Mike Ford, Telez, or de Leon? I really feel like the Cardinals might have discovered something with Ponce de Leon. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to get to stay in the rotation once Michael Walk is back, so I will not be adding him. Uh, Rowdy Telez is the most interesting of this group to me. I, he has really good power potential, and he's in a team where he should get to play every day. He hasn't quite so far, but I, I think that may change moving forward, and he's, he could be a 30-homer guy. Yeah, he didn't hit for a ton of power in the minors. There was only one season where he really did. But all the batted ball data suggests that he should be a very good power hitter. I, I'm stunned that he's only 5% owned. I think that needs to be way higher. I think he's mixed league val uh, viable. I'm starting him at a corner infield spot in a 15-team league, and I think he's a starting option there. Rowdy Teles. And y I just, I'm struggling to make a fountain of youth joke. Ponce de Leon is 27 years old. That's not that young. I guess he could use... That's why you make a discovery, John. <laughs> yeah, mine's more specific. 
Uh, Double Dongs, yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of missed this segment. Framo Reyes is 52% owned, and he was 2 for 15 with one walk and nine strikeouts in five games before hitting two home runs yesterday. Um, before those terrible five games, he was 8 for 23 with four home runs in eight games Baseball before that. Baseball player had good stretch yeah. followed by bad stretch followed by good game. Right, so where are we the on more, Framo? The more relevant thing is the last piece in the notes. He the has, 11 of 12 games started. That... If he's starting, I want him on my team. Okay, for Mo Reyes. Uh, I'm just going to say that Jorge Alfaro at 50% owned and Mike Zanino at 40% owned feel like under-owned catchers to me. They are the same player, but they will hit for power with a bad batting average. At least, well, at least Zanino will have a bad batting average. Alfaro is batting 281, but he has one walk to 25 strikeouts. Um, they are going to be much better in categories leagues than points leagues, but catchers so bad right now that take a look and see if Alfaro and Mike Zunino are on waivers. Who would you guys rather have? I'd rather have Zunino. I think I have him back-to-back. I agree that they're both borderline top 12 guys, but, yeah, Zunino has really... like He got off to such a terrible start, but he was a top 12 catcher for me before the season, and he's been... Over his last week and a half, he's been really pretty quite productive, so uh, I'll take him. Eight-game hitting streak for Mike Zunino. And uh, we're going to do a segment we don't usually do until later in the year. I'll try to do it a little bit more than uh, than, t- than we typically do. We're going to look ahead to today's matchups. And I guess we can do some of the 1 o'clock games. But can we agree never to mention Homer Bailey's name in a positive light on the show again? No. Okay, fine. He might have a good start eventually again. Right. I, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple in a row. Yeah, we'll probably throw him in Our, the four man Wait, I will I'll make you a tr- I'll make you a deal. Okay. I will agree never to mention Homer Bailey's name in a po- positive light again if we can also add Lance Lynn. It's a package deal. We can never say Lance Lynn might be good again. I'm vetoing this unless we add Greg Bird. Oh, we have so much fun with Greg Bird. He's the gift that keeps on giving for you anyway. I haven't mentioned Greg I only mentioned Greg Bird today as it related to Sonny Gray, but I'm fine with that. Um, all right, here we go. <laughs> MLB scoreboard. Uh, Sandy Alcantara against Jeffrey Rodriguez in the game everybody yeah. can't wait to see. I think you start Sandy Alcantara against the Indians. They're bad. Uh, Jake Junis, no. Blake Snell, yes. Yolisha seen at Adam Wainwright. Uh, no. No. No, no. No, I, I've, I've only heard one name of a pitcher that I want to start so far today. Blake Snell. Okay. Um, do you think that Adam Wainwright has a tough matchup against the Brewers? I don't. I think Adam Wainwright has a tough matchup against his own talent. Okay. I just wanted to let you know that Milwaukee has a 686 OPS on the road. That is ninth, the 19th worst road OPS in baseball. But yeah, I'm, there's no way I'm starting Adam Wainwright. Just throwing, just letting you know. Uh, you did the 19th worst? 19th, 19th worst road OPS of all the team, all the road 19th, OPSs. 19th best. 19th yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19th. Yes, 19th best. They rank 19th. They rank 19th. Because if it was the 19th worst, that would be like the 11th. That'd yeah, be good. yeah, yeah. It's bad. Anibal Sanchez at Herman Marquez. Herman Marquez. Yeah, kind of. A little bit. Did you mention that? Oh, yeah, that, I'm a little worried. Did you mention <laughs> that he, really he, he had a toothache in his last home start? Oh, well. No, you um, you sent me that in the, like... Well, no, 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 Heath. The tooth bone is connected to the head bone, which is connected to the shoulder bone. So that makes sense. <laughs> Adam so, sends me, like, eight pieces of notes from the weekend, a weekend in which everything happened. <laughs> and one of the eight things that he thought it was important that I get into the notes was that Herman Marquez <laughs> had a toothache. <laughs> and maybe that's why he had just a mediocre start. <laughs> No, it was a pretty Thanks. severe toothache, apparently. I don't know. I no, I didn't mention that. Okay. Look, he's probably not going to be as good at course field as he was. No, wait, wait. We got to go. Gotta go. We got to go. We got to do. We got to okay, do. Okay, the, we got to go. Matchups. We got to go. Um, Chavez, Jesse Chavez at Aaron Brooks. No. no. Felix Hernandez at Chris Paddock. Paddock. Yeah. Drew Pomerantz at Clay Buckholtz. No. No. Mike, m- 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 Mike Soroka at Tanner Oark. Soroka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merrill Kelly at Jordan Lyles. 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 For sure. Irvin Santana at John Means. White who? Sox at Orioles. No. Yeah, no. Uh, John Vince, who? Vin- no, thank you. Means. 
Vince Velasquez at Jason Vargas. Prefer John Nice. Start Vince. <laughs> I'm a little wary, but yeah. Uh, Tyson Ross at Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't think I can trust Eduardo Rodriguez. Erod's borderline for me. I would start him over some of the other guys that we've been wishy-washy about. Walker Bueller at Cole Hamels. Yep. Yep. Uh, this would be Cole Stewart at Justin Verlander. Just Verlander. Verlander. Uh, CeCe Sabathia at Felix Pena. Yeah, you start Sabathia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thursday show will be Scott and Heath, right? Yeah. And well, we'll do a trade show. Buy low, sell high, buy high, all that fun stuff. Um, send us your email, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Until tomorrow, this is Fantasy Baseball Today.